0: Hello, welcome to Therapy Talks. I'm Chris Place and I'm a psychotherapist. In this podcast series, I'll be chatting with different people about their experiences, their lives, their loves, their challenges, and what helps them find their way forward in the world. We'll also chat to different therapists and researchers about the models of therapy that they use to get a better understanding of these different approaches and how these different approaches might be useful at different times for different people. Hopefully it'll be lots of human connection and conversation about the challenges we have and also about what helps us get through. I hope it's gonna be fun, enjoyable, entertaining, engaging, informative. Anyway, let's go on the journey. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Therapy Talks. I am delighted to be interviewing my next guest. And I will tell you, it's taken some time to uh, finally get a chance to chat. Uh, so today, and I had this written on my phone. Uh, I wanted to make sure I got it right. Do you know, it's this important to introduce your guest properly. Um, I'm talking to the wonderful Yvonne Tiernan. Yvonne is a psychotherapist, a singer with The reins, and also manages a number of projects with her husband, Tommy Tiernan, including the Tommy, Hector and Arita podcast. So very excited to be talking uh, with Yvonne. Uh, We're both therapists, so we're going to chat a bit about that and chat about lots of other things as well. So uh, Yvonne, how are you?
1: I'm good. Finally, we're here. It's great.
0: I know it is. It's
1: like four years trying to... Make yeah,
0: it it's like, w- 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 hi, how's it going? Hey, oh no, kind of busy having a baby. Sorry, you know, <laughs> that me, that, well, not me, my me. wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah, What is was he for? <laughs> oh my God, congratulations. Just
1: to clarify.
0: Uh, just to clarify, yeah. So it's brilliant uh, to be finally chatting. How are you?
1: I'm good. Uh, I'm having a great day today because I just found out that the Rain's new single, Leaves Shake, has just gone straight to number one. In the overall Irish charts, the iTunes charts. So, yay.
0: That kind of class, isn't it?
1: Very class. It means it's... an awful lot to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I listened to the song. We are going to play the song on the podcast, um, or right. I'll certainly be editing the song in at some point. But I know that that song is particularly important to you as well.
1: Yeah, it is. I suppose it represents, um, uh, for me, singing my whole entire life. And mainly singing for other people in their bands, like the Chieftains or Abba Esk or The Commitments or all these different things that I did as a singer. And um, it fits a lot with how I would have been behaving as a person when I look back on it now. And I suppose doing all the years of therapy that we have to do to qualify, you've got to work through all this stuff. So for me, the years of therapy that I've done and continue to do have helped me find the stuff that brings me joy and that isn't about pleasing other people and um, that I just love. And I really love singing in this band. And I particularly love this song. Um, Ruth Dillon wrote this song, um, one of the members of the band. And she wrote it um, about, particularly for women, I think, and we're an all-female band, but uh, some of the lines in it are these hands hold so much this mind everyone's crutch and when i need a shoulder no one hears me call and um for me that has lots of meaning just you know working with clients and thinking of them or other women in my life but also um for me it's kind of that part of working as a therapist and coming home to your family life and people's stories still kind of moving around inside you and how to to balance one with the other and move from one to the other. And also I'm singing the main vocal on this song. So for me, it's the first time in all of my years and I'm 51 now singing where I'm singing the main vocal on an actual single that has come out and is number one in the charts ahead of Dermot Kennedy and Picture this. So I'm having a little kind of moment, which is lovely. It's really lovely. It It really means a lot to me. Like I was in the car and I nearly burst into tears when I was told. So, yeah. That's amazing. It's a good day, Chris.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. It's very special. And I was resonating with a lot of what you were saying, you know, something around that idea of, like, I have a baby now. It's new. Well, he's not newborn now. He's five months. But So when I come in from a day of work, like with clients, and a lot of, sometimes if you're dealing with particularly challenging issues or whatever, or concerns or whatever it is, they're in my head. And then Mm -hmm. I come in and he has to take he needs and and amy my wife i need to be able to be there for them
2: yeah and
0: really support them and sometimes it can have that feeling of like and, and and it's not like oh poor me it's not because it's amazing i love it and i love being there for him he's class but there is that piece sometimes where you go right well, now do you know
1: yeah and how do i move close one thing down
0: exactly so Give
1: myself a breath because yeah before I move into the other because, because I'm I,
0: playing these diff, very different I, as therapists I'm completely there for my clients but then as a dad I want to be completely there for my son I need to be able to move into those positions
1: yeah and what I'm realizing is the bit that you're not mentioning is being there for yourself in the middle and that's, that's the, the piece that we're not really great at I think yeah. I can only speak for myself because you're kind of looking at your watch and thinking, or I'm thinking, oh, I could get home and the kids would be just coming in from school and I'll get to be there and, you know, home mm. or whatever. Um, and so I go straight into it. And then an hour later, I'm thinking, why am I cranky or why am I needing yeah. to go and be in a room of my own? Or And so I'm still learning. I'm just over mm. a year in private practice and I've just started a group therapy um, yeah. group on Thursday nights. And yesterday I would have sat with 10 people and their stories between my morning individual clients and then the group in the evening. And that's a lot of people to have um, take up space in your heart, Mm -hmm. and your head. And um, yeah, so I'm still learning what the Mm -hmm. fish in the middle is. Is it driving slowly? Is it stopping at the beach? Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's coming home and throwing the dogs into the boot and heading down and just letting them run up and down the beach nearby Mm -hmm. and walking. And I'm still figuring that bit out. But that's really crucial.
0: It's a really important part of our work as therapists. And I mean, I would talk a lot with students of therapy around the ideas of self-care and then burnout. And, you know, as I'm listening to you speak, I'm in my head kind of going, yeah, like I know that I need to find space that might be going for a swim in the pool at eight in the evening. You know, once Noah's down in bed and everything's fine, I can go for a swim. And those things are really important for us to have space just for ourselves. And so if that's with the dogs on the beach or in the water or whatever it is, it's really important uh, that we make time for that.
1: Yeah, and it can be really hard to come from a morning of clients who have really experienced awful trauma mm. and to come home to people who maybe are can't find their football socks or do you know the ordinariness mm. yeah. and you've been through something confidential and private and you're coming home and I've and there's just this that responsibility apart from what we spoke about in terms of to mm. ourselves but also that the other people as much as possible um don't have to be have the full impact. It's gonna impact in some way because mm. you get tired and you know but It's just it's a really crucial piece that I still am working on.
0: I I remember I used to come home in the evening from work. And obviously this was before we had this amazing new addition to our family. But and I I, I'd usually sit down and turn on the telly and be kind of like, I would need that bit of time to transition, Mm -hmm. you know, like it was just Mm -hmm. that that time and it would just be watching like some quiz show or something like that. And then Mm -hmm. you'd be like, okay, here we go. But now, because things have changed a bit, like you know, we've got this amazing baby who needs, you know, who's who's who wants to hang out, and yeah. so it's almost like, okay, this is brilliant, and now we need to find ways of within that, you know, there's that piece of how we make space for ourselves that the people that we love can get our attention as well.
1: Yeah, and to be good for ourselves too. Yeah, it is, I mean, what we do is. Tough work. It's also mm-hmm. incredibly uplifting and hopeful and brilliant and um, meaningful, but it's challenging and difficult and painful. And
2: mm-hmm.
1: so, um, and at the same time, it's probably a good practice for anyone who's at work and then coming home to family is just to give yourself that yeah. break in the middle to go, Who am I right now? What's happening in me right now? Do I just need to sit for a minute and look at the ocean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I,
0: I, I cycle home now. I cycle most days to work. I mean it's a very quick cycle, so it's not like, oh yeah, I did a big 20 mile cycle. It's you know, it's really quick. Um yeah, but I corners. saw yeah, well, it, it, you know, whatever. It's it's a couple of miles, but it, it's you know, it's a 10, 12 minute cycle, but it's it's 15 minutes maybe. But it that it's amazing if I don't cycle and I drive the difference it feels like. That cycle allows me just that time to move and it's space just for me and to process
1: fresh air you know i mean you're doing this years as well yeah it always comes back to the simple stuff i'm discovering more and more it is fresh air movement decent food it's it's all the fair the simple nature basics
0: it's really is and good sleep
1: (laughs) oh what's that
0: What's that? He said, um, <laughs> but uh, no. Uh, so uh, yeah, it, it's really important. and it, it leads me to a question in a weird, in a weird way, not a weird way, but it leads me to a question of um, why, why, you know, as therapists we're trained not to use the word why, you know, one of our things when we're teaching, we're working with students of therapy center, try not to ask why. So I'm going to undo all of that and say, look, why psychotherapy for you?
1: Um, well, you were one of the people that taught me. So yeah, um, we spoke about this before we came into the podcast about our own history, you and I. Yeah, yeah, And um when I, in the early parts of my training, I was in NUIG doing the adult um the psychology of counseling course yeah. in the lectures so thank you for that
0: inspiring um, i was an inspiration to you it was <laughs> yeah. listen it's fine i get it i understand i'm joking
1: are you the one giving yourself those reviews online? yeah
0: yeah yeah i'll be just doing, doing yeah i just yeah 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 oh, um, what an amazing lecture <laughs> Christine. and
1: then when and we spoke about this beforehand yeah. so we set some kind of really nice ethical boundaries <laughs> around this for all you therapists listening who have flags going up and um, uh you were my therapist then I for was. a while uh, yeah. quite a while ago now and so we've closed that chapter off um mm. so we've had some really good interesting conversations um about this and swapped books and you know we're, yeah. we're both fascinated by it i know that mm. and I have always been really comfortable with people um, at their deepest. Mm. That's my favorite place to be. Mm. I don't know if that answers the question, but I find I love having crack, and I'm all for banter. And did I say banter? It's Living with teenagers, they'd be mortified now. Um, are you not
0: say? Are you not supposed to say the banter? Is that like? No, they probably, wait, they
1: probably wait, can, but me saying it is a bit like saying. Is the that book.
0: like? when i asked you about this do you have it on cd do you have a cd are yeah. yeah, the can't same be thing that. you can't be saying that okay yeah, you can't yeah. Be
1: that. Um, so what was the question <laughs> well, well, i <laughs> why <laughs> <By> therapy <laughs> so, oh, so um, uh, how are
0: you today um yeah yeah where were you anyway uh yeah it's i think that you've answered it though really isn't it in a sense in the, my
1: early menopausal um yeah. symptoms where i start talking about something and then i forget luckily it doesn't show up in with my clients yet just in my personal life
0: yeah yeah i've
1: yeah i've i've always been really comfortable I'm kind of the person who at parties or at whatever will be found in the corner, talking to somebody and, you know, uh, having a deep conversation. Mm. And, um, I just, am really, really fascinated by it. Uh, I love the idea that a person who's in distress or, uh, in pain, um, and is worried also about the effect they may be having on their own relationships or family members or how that's what's happening for them, especially when you have kids not wanting Mm. to experience things you experienced from your own parents, Mm. all of that stuff. I love that there is a shape on something where that psychotherapy allows where, where a human being can sit with another human being and, what's happening is you're giving time to somebody's life and pain and experience. And I just love it. I really love it. Mm -hmm. And the more I do it, the more I see how it works and how people kind of learn about themselves and learn how to make choices going forward that uh, Mm -hmm. free them from, stuff that's not theirs that whole bit about what's mine and and what's not is one yeah. of my favorite parts of therapy um yeah. that doesn't belong to me so you can have that right back so, there that back to you so i just i mean i i love it. It, it
0: it's not just an interesting idea it's not like oh well you know it's something that you're absolutely uh gut-wrenchingly drawn to yeah so that's a
1: great right way of describing it
0: Uh, There's something you said, though, about your own journey and your own therapy, because I think ultimately that's what it's really about, like our own deep journeys into ourselves and then how we connect with those around us and those we love is the is the vehicle for how we as therapists work with therapists or work with clients, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, and I'm so grateful for I mean, I'd love everyone to train to be a psychotherapist, Mm. even if they never practiced because you have to do hours and hours and hours and hours of therapy. And so I would wish it for everyone because Mm. I feel like it's, um, and I know, um, and I have been reminded um, by colleagues, not everybody is suited to it or even, you know, friends or family would say, no, it's just not for me. And I'm still not convinced. I just think they haven't found the right therapist because Mm. what could be wrong about sitting with, another human being who is there um, in a fully empathetic, non-judgmental, giving you their absolute attention for whatever you might need for that hour. I mean, on Mm. a fundamental human level, I Mm. feel like that is the most healing thing that anyone can experience. And even if it's Mm. in silence, I've sat in silence with clients, holding eye contact or just sitting doing breathing meditations together, I've sat with them in in very peaceful moments and very turbulent moments. Mm-hmm. And it's the word privilege is used a lot by trainee therapists and new therapists. And I'm and I'm still I'm still using it. And a client once said to me that um, they weren't sure when I said it if I meant it. And then a little mm-hmm. while later said, I really Think you mean it? You really feel it's a privilege to be here, and I do. I I, I mm. genuinely do. Mm. Um. Yeah, I I love it, and I love the fact that the more I learn about it intellectually, the more it still comes back to the same thing. That it just mm. keep coming back to that same place of sitting with somebody.
0: It's we. Uh, I remember. <clears throat> I remember the, I think I've said this in the podcast intro way back whenever at some point, but I remember the Mormons coming to the house, you know, and they'd be there going, you know, man, the, the way wanted you, whatever, they, they were American and um, typically, and they, like, they
1: were Indian there for me. Uh, no,
0: that was my American accent. <laughs> uh, that, like that's, I'm really good at accents. People say that all the time. Well, like I, ha- <laughs> I have an accent that covers India, America, Kerry. <laughs> <laughs> but they were saying, uh, and they so they were trying to convince me of the the veracity of their claims. And uh, they said, you know that there's over four thousand different religions in the world. And I went, and yours is the right one. And they were like, yeah. yeah. And I was like, okay. Um, I I remember reading this like four hundred models of psychotherapy, or you know, or something like that. Do mm-hmm. you know? And really, well, you said something there that really, when it we strip it all back, whatever model or whatever kind of approach we like to think is the right one. It is about sitting with another human being who may be suffering and may be in a lot of pain and we meet them and yeah. we meet them and we keep meeting them in whatever way we can and with whatever theories we can. But ultimately we're meeting another human. And,
1: yeah, and the theory part and the psychoeducational part with clients it can be really helpful for them yeah. to understand what's happening. Absolutely. maybe happening to you right now, this anxiety in your stomach or this um, emotion Mm. maybe coming up for you right now because you know and and there's ways of helping people to make connections Mm. it's kind of like being a private detective it is
2: yeah it is absolutely like
1: being a private detective um yeah and and just helping spot some clues for people and tying things together And, and i love the idea of um it seems like everywhere i've worked has had a beautiful rug on the ground and i'm it's very, very, very lucky to work at Nodder out in Furbo, mm. um, which is the most special place.
0: I've been, I went out there a couple of times for craniosacral biodynamics sort of therapy on my, yeah. With, 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 Karen, with, you know, with Joseph. Joseph. Yeah, with Joseph, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was lovely.
1: Yeah, it's hard to describe. You have to go and experience being there and they do all kinds of stuff. They they both practice all kinds of stuff. And it's, mm. it's just magical. Um mm. And the place itself, there's something sacred about the ground mm. there and the energy and then how they live from the land and I have such admiration for them. I feel mm. really like I have been allowed into something really sacred when mm. I'm there. I'm so protective of it um, and I love it. And I feel healed being there, mm. just by being there. And so I know that my clients who come out um just fall in love with the place mm. too um so i think where you practice can be mm. a real part of it i've learned that because i've mm. got my training i was you know in a room in an industrial station and that was great and i learned a lot from that but i feel like the more you can connect to nature and it's mm. it's very grounding being out there mm. you know
0: mm.
1: so i feel really lucky to work out there
0: yeah, it's a lovely place. It's a beautiful part. I love it. I love that that road out to it and the road beyond. And it's just like you go in there. And I have a friend who lives very close by. And so I don't, you know, visit there, but you're in this, this energy of the place. And then Nardor itself, I think it's a beautiful centre. Like It's beautiful. It's like,
1: move, it's like you come off you know, the, the road for Porkins and you go up the hill and, and suddenly you move into this other realm.
0: Yeah, so that's feels- exactly what it feels like. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and now we, myself and Dr. Suzanne McLean, um, who's a friend of mine, and she has a practice at the Galway Clinic, mm. and her and I, who both have had wonderful experiences um, with group therapy, mm. uh, decided to start group therapy, which is a whole new thing, really, in really? Ireland. there's not that much of it.
2: Mm.
1: And we weren't sure whether to to pick a particular group, and we thought we'd just leave it open. And it, and it turned yeah. out it's all women. Mm. Uh, and that's wonderful because we're up there at night. So it's a very different experience. Wow. And Yeah, it's, it's really powerful. I love it. I really love it. I,
0: I, I was thinking about as you're talking and you're talking so passionately about therapy and then about group therapy and this amazing work that you're doing. And how do you, how do you manage all the different aspects of your life?
1: Um, Again, this is something I've really had to look at because I always thought there was something wrong with doing a bunch of different things. Mm. Um, I never really knew what I was. People would say to me for years, what is it you work at or what do you do? And I'd be kind of jealous of other people who would just say, oh, I'm a singer or I'm a you know, comedian or I'm a whatever. And it was just clear that's what you do. Um, because I was always doing so many different things Um, but generally they all fell into the same areas so singing was one uh, having a management company uh, working with musicians or performers was another and then um, you know I started training as a life coach and being drawn into the psychology part so there were always elements of those three running through um, but I would you know do interviews for magazines or like I presented the first series in no frontiers Mm -hmm. you know I was always trying to have 10 different jobs partly to pay the rent because I was living on my own I'm from Dublin I was living in my little flat in Temple Bar for 10 years and so I would just do whatever job needed to be done to pay Mm -hmm. the rent mostly the entertainment business so it would all kind of Mm -hmm. fall under that umbrella um and now I have the main chunks of work mm. and they're kind of divided into days. So mm. Tuesday is when I work on the podcast, the Tommy Hector and Louisa podcast we record it here um, down in the hen house at the bottom of our garden. I have business meetings with them. So I manage mm. the podcast business side.
0: Uh, one of my main competitors. Uh, we're yeah. Therapy talks and you're biting uh,
1: at your heels in fairness. <laughs>
0: um i'm like a little i'm a little chihuahua <laughs> and they're like a big what, what a big Yeah, uh, bernese mountain, m- mountain, dog. Bernese mountain, yeah, mountain. Yeah,
1: yeah. um and that's fantastic that yeah. kind of happened accidentally and tommy and i work together on a, a lot of product different projects and i managed mm. them for him um but this one is great because it involves hector and Narita, who are good friends of ours mm. and it's just been this mammoth beast since it started
0: it's incredible though yeah it's incredible i love
1: the fact that it's so natural and so real it's kind of like group therapy but nobody's facilitating they all just are going for it um so we do that on a tuesday then on wednesday morning and i usually do my work when the kids are uh, at school so wednesday Mm -hmm. then i see private clients thursday i see private clients and Thursday evening now I have group therapy. Mm. And then the Mondays and Fridays can be rehearsals with the rains or there might be the odd mm. gig at a weekend. Um, and then I just, tr- I'm trying now not to have all my apps open at once, mm. if you know what I mean. So I'm mm. trying to shut them down and be in one app at a time or no apps. So I'm still learning that process. Mm. but I really enjoy like, I love coming from doing a gig with the band at the weekend and then having clients and then working mm. on uh, Tommy's tour, you know, with Aiken promoters or something. You know, I love,
0: mm.
1: they're, they're all exciting. They're all feeding mm. something in me that uh, that I love.
0: So it, I suppose that's what I was thinking about. My feeling was that, they support each other like they support you as a the therapist and you as the therapist supports you know allows you to be a type of producer or a singer that they're all aspects of you that can support each other in a way sort of psychologically emotionally
1: well I suppose I'm trying to walk the walk if that makes sense. Mm. So through all the training, you kind of are hit fairly hard with what do you really want? How do you want yeah. living your life? What's working for you and what's not? Mm. And there's some stuff that I've had to let go of. And it also means that um, I may be busy a lot or I maybe don't have huge amounts of time off or there's times where I get overwhelmed when a whole load mm. of them have a big project coming out all at mm. the one time. Um, but there's definitely uh, the juice from one will feed the other. Yeah. Um, but it's just about minding how much time I actually have to do things like watch Emmerdale, you know, or the Bake Off, or yeah, you know, the easy to have easy time just hanging out. And with so man.
0: just well because there's something about disconnecting in it, you know, we talked about the value of connecting and being really present and all that. But we also need a bit of disconnection, a bit of healthy disconnection, you know, like just a bit of, as you said, like mindless TV viewing or watching the bake off or celebrity. Get me out of here if that's your thing. Yeah, um,
1: there's a, there's a, a lovely psychosynthesis um, meditation that I learned. And this is something that really surprised me. Mm. Um, I did my degree with ICPPD. Um, and Gertrude was the lady who taught us the psychosynthesis section. And I remember being like, what is that? And what mm. was well, the self and the I and the existential? And the, I was like, oh, my goodness. Um, I could hardly say it. In fact, I mm. was mispronouncing it for a long time, seemingly. Um, but one of the things that I found was the meditations and doing guided meditations with my clients, which I never dreamed would be part of my mm. work, has become really natural. And I sometimes wonder, is that from being used to being on stage? Or, mm. and not that I'm performing, but I'm very comfortable kind of mm. taking the moment to go, okay, I'll guide through this. It's kind of like mm. singing a song or there's something,
2: mm.
1: um, I'm very comfortable in it. And I do it in group therapy. It's one of the ways we start group therapy. I'll mm. take the group and do through a, a guided meditation. Mm. And one of the ones that we learned was a mind-body-feeling meditation and about learning to rather than disconnect from any of mm. those to learn to move around from one to the other mm. so to be in your thoughts and the quality of your thoughts and to kind of observe them and then to learn how to disassociate from them and move into your body mm. and then mm. to be in your sensations and tensions or looseness or mm. feelings then sorry, then to move into your feelings and and to mm. be there for a while and just to learn to move around within yourself mm. in a way that's very holistic and not disconnected. Mm. And so I suppose I'm trying to apply that theory to moving around in my life from mm. one to the other. And and because I can't really ever disconnect from, I can't stop being the singer and suddenly be the manager, and I can't stop, but I. I find that if I let myself be as fully in one and and kind of mark the time out, mm. this is when that will happen. And I will try to avoid dealing with the other, even though I can see emails coming in. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I learned as well from from uh going into college and being in my classes and it started with um nuig where i was just not used to turning my phone off how would my family and children survive without being able to ring me to find out where is the sugar? Mm -hmm. or you know how would Mm -hmm. and that was my own thing about wanting needing to be needed at all times um and my value in myself uh, seeing that I'm I'm only valuable in service to others, mm. and so my mm. whole working life has been that working as a PA, managing um, some challenging artists, you know, mm. over the years and and all kinds of things. But um, just coming back to being able to go, I need to be in this right now, and everyone will be okay. Everyone- I don't
0: ha- I don't have to be in service to everybody. All the time.
1: I don't have to be available to everybody all the time. Mm. And there's something about having to turn my phone off because I was in college studying to be a therapist, knowing this is part of the training because you can't have Mm. your phone on with a client.
0: No, no, not at all. And and if your phone is accident, it's one of the worst feelings when your phone goes off. You're going, oh, God, I thought I put that off because then it's the outside world in coming into the space.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For the first year, every break I got, I was first one out into the hall to ring home to go, is everybody okay? Everybody got the, did you get the lift to the the sports, to the match, to the. Yeah. And then it really took time for me to know. And my husband is very good at it. He will, he's very good at going, I'm here now. This is the piece of work I'm doing. He won't even have his phone with him. You know, it'll Mm -hmm. be up in the house or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I've it's taken some time and now I'm getting really good at it. Mm. Really good at just turning my phone off. And the blessing is this is the the gift that keeps on giving out at Norder. The phone coverage is proof of uh, Yeah. So so people know you just can't get me mm. out there. You have to wait until I'm finished that work. And and also if there's an emergency, people will find you. They'll come to you, they will find you.
0: I think that's the piece. If there's an emergency, we, we, we'll find and, and that that's the thing. I, I think I think of that for myself. I think of that sense when I'm with clients, I'm with clients. And yeah. I have to, and it's really hard sometimes because I think, especially recently with having a baby and that, that yeah, you know, you're thinking about all of those stuff, but but I actually for the my work to work, you know, if I'm supervising or if I'm being with clients, I need to be there. I need to have to switch off the outside world for that bit of time.
1: You have to um, switch off the baby monitor in the room. <laughs>
0: <laughs> baby monitor <laughs> in my head. Oh, the baby monitor. Oh, Jesus. All right. Hello, it's okay. Now goodbye, baby on the treetop. That's a very dark song, you know.
1: Yes, most of them are. Most of the fairy tales are dark.
0: Yeah, but it's like about a baby falling out of a tree. Mm. And it's the only one he likes.
1: And, you know, kids love dark stuff. They love yeah. when somebody gets, when the granny gets eaten by the wolf and the and that's another just to make a nice therapeutic link here um the darkness people being so f- afraid of the dark side of themselves yeah. and the shadow side and all yeah. that lovely stuff oh i love all of that i'm like come on oh, I know, bring,
0: on, yeah. bring, bring the on. darkness in
1: bring out the I, dark
0: side. I love i love it when i mean this sense, you know but it's like that idea of you know we have we look at the concepts of transfer and say, and mm-hmm. the idea that clients will be coming in. Oh my God, you're amazing. You're like this, like the best therapist in the world. And you're going, yeah, that's lovely. Thank you very much. But mm-hmm. when you can start to trust somebody enough to be angry at them and to mm-hmm. really be irritated by them and to be frustrated with them, I get so excited.
1: Do you really? I find yeah, no, I really do. I really do.
0: It, it is challenging, but I'm also like, because I've seen that they're able to, if I can, and I think this is because probably from my own therapy journey, you know, I would do always work really hard at being really polite to my therapist, and, and she'd be there going, "You're not a bit annoyed at me, no?" And I'm like, "No, oh no, I think you're amazing." And she was like, mm, "Really?" And so for me, it was that idea that we can bring our anger to our therapist. It if obviously if that anger is very confrontational and that that's a different thing, but mm-hmm. it's the idea that we can bring our dissatisfaction or our frustrations means we're working through some deep process in ourselves. And
1: I'm very grateful when a client feels that they trust me enough to be angry or
0: I, I think that's the bit challenging,
1: yeah. but I wouldn't say it feels easy. I prefer when we're getting on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I
0: do, of course, I prefer it. I do. But I think I think it's why the theories and ideas are really important, because what it does is it gives me that um, capacity to to go. This is actually a really important part of the work right now. And, and that's why I think theory is actually really important as much for me to sit in the room, not even necessarily from a psychoeducation point of view, but from a position of going at the background somewhere, there's a voice in my head saying, oh, yeah, so Patrick Caseman talked about the importance of negative transference or whatever. And it reminds me that when somebody's annoyed or frustrated at me, that I don't have to always take it so personally. <laughs> I'm not a terrible person necessarily. I may have done something that, you know, said something but I can see the value or the fee. So it's not that I like, it's, I you know, it's not that I, Oh, I love when somebody is angry, hates me or whatever, but the the models give me a sense of like, this is actually really important and this is a really important part of the process now.
1: Yeah. And we've been trained, I suppose, to believe that if a client's getting angry with us, you're into the good stuff. Well, um, it's
0: th- it's that idea we're going down into the, if I haven't ever been able to be angry in my mm-hmm. early family existence, I've spent a whole time having to be nice to everyone and to keep everyone happy. And as Carl Rogers talked about, you know, and, you know, I'm only loved if I'm nice. I'm only loved if I'm good. I'm only loved if I smile all the time. That we suddenly have this relationship where somebody actually values and respects me. And is going to be there for me, even when I start to access the part of me that never got to act out or never got to be frustrated or angry.
1: But when I get to be myself, really fully.
0: get to be myself in all of my bits and I think when you said that about the shadow we all have those dark bits that we think oh I don't have that but we do we're human
1: well I suppose we learn early on that they're not welcome you know what's we're welcome told- is you, for you to behave well and be nice and polite and um, we don't need to see your anger you're looking for attention or you know whatever way it's yeah, whatever or-
0: way it's done and, and what we do then is we go into hiding and we develop a whole set of selves that aren't our truth
1: yeah and that's the bit unpacking that stuff is the most Mm -hmm. exciting for me i always end up in the childhood stuff i feel like it's it just it's always there you know all Mm. our little selves um trying to function in these relationships with adults who for the most part are doing their best Mm. um and yet don't realize the impact and so then being a parent ourselves, thinking about the work that we're doing and how it impacts us as people in order to be around the little people in our families. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it was really important for me to, to do this work as well in order to take it home, in order to be able to talk to my kids in a more real way, in, in order to be able to... Um, say to them i'm really sorry that i'm really stressed or i got that wrong i got it wrong Mm -hmm. and i'm really sorry and just to be able to teach them that they don't have to be good little kids all the time um yeah that's i feel like that's really important
3: yeah
0: it's really i think so and it's it's yeah, I, I suppose it's that I, I want to have a I want my son to always know like even when we get it wrong that you know that idea I think you said that we're able to say you know yeah got that wrong. I yeah. made a mistake and it's okay. And, and let's talk about anyway. it. and I love, I love you anyway. Either. And yeah. I love you. And even if you're you've broken something and I'm annoyed, I still love you.
1: And there's something that we're modeling in that as therapists with clients where uh you have my um unconditional positive regard. It mm-hmm. doesn't you and everything is welcome here. There is nothing you can bring here that can change that. Mm-hmm. It's of the obvious limits. Well, uh, you know, you know uh, and, and
0: and mostly I don't have serial killers as clients. So mm-hmm. I usually use that one. But now if somebody did say, Well, I'm actually a serial killer, I'd be like, "All oh, right." right that's that's interesting but
1: i'd I'd be really fascinated and want to understand what happened in their childhood (laughs) (laughs) straight away i'm like tell me me
0: tell me about your mother
1: yeah who's your favorite therapist
0: who's my favorite oh very good question oh i like that question um there's okay
1: I know who mine is. I'm afraid you're going to say it, and then he's not yours. He's mine. I, I, he's mine.
0: So I just want to clarify that I have three or four people that have really impacted me, um, and and but they can they're often shared. So you you tell me yours. This is your interview. No, nope, I mean, no, nope,
1: I asked first. off you go. Okay,
0: okay, we're gonna play that game. Uh, okay, I like Carl Rogers is always there for me in the in the background as as yeah. this sort of sense. He's just there. I can't. He's in my shoulder. Irvin Yalom. Uh, in terms of the honesty of his writings.
1: He's my number one.
0: Yeah, I knew he was. I knew that because, you know. And the other one that I love is a guy called Peter Lomas, who oh. wrote this amazing book about the limits of interpretation. And he basically, in my mind, was like a rev a psychoanalytical revolutionary who 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 argued against the sort of dogmatic tenets of psychoanalysis in favor of a humanistic psychoanalytical idea. He was a brilliant writer. Um him and then who else? I'm
1: looking at my bookshelves
0: here. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm kind of looking at your bookshelves as well.
1: You're always looking at my bookshelves. Yeah, well,
0: you've got the best books. I have uh, the best books. Like, I like, I mean, Young wrote some amazing stuff, but I, he, I'm not a Youngin, so I don't have the same... Uh, I, well, There's I just know.
1: so many, you know, it depends really. I find it depends what's happening in my client work, who I'm dipping into.
0: Yeah, so who's your favourite? You're, you said Yalam is number one.
1: Uh, he's number one, two, three, four, five, and six.
0: <laughs> Do you know that I have a colleague who had a therapy session with him? Stop. Yeah. I went to it. Did you go to the Yalam? It was a big thing for his release of his book. And yes, I did go to it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't use that. That was used for. Argh. What year was that?
1: Uh, it was during COVID, or at the end of COVID, I think. I think it was
0: 2021. I don't think I used that for my CPG. point. Okay, anyway, that's fine. I forgot about that. I don't, okay, it's fine. That's okay.
1: I really wanted to be the guy sitting with him, asking the question. I
0: know,
2: I know. It's
1: very frustrating because he, he yeah, I really wanted to be mm. sitting with him. And I love him because uh, he's so highly regarded as a psychiatrist and he has all that incredible intellectual mm. uh, mountain of knowledge and yet when he sits with people he's the most human honest
0: he he, you know they talk about in person centred therapy the idea of congruence you know and the idea <laughs> of being genuine with our clients and it's really hard to do actually because what if like I'm Really, this client is really irritating me. How do I bring that? Congr- how am I congruent? Do you know? And Yelam does that so well.
1: Yeah. And I think it's who he is. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I, it just is one of those things. It's like, how does Bob Dylan write the songs he writes? How, yeah. You know, when people just have are born, whatever cocktail of DNA and experience mm. and relationships he's had, including a really awful one with his mother. yeah. A beautiful one with his wife, yeah. and I, I, that I really admired that that he, he you know his mother really rejected him pretty much mm. um, never read his books, never you know all of that um but he but he had this incredibly beautiful relationship mm. with his wife who has now passed away um yeah. and I love that he he kind of used himself as his greatest yeah. work piece, his masterpiece.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And he is still now, I just watched something with him recently um, and he was being interviewed and it was a room full of therapists and student therapists. Mm-hmm. And he still kind of turned away from the highly experienced, revered interviewer mm-hmm. and looked for the students in the room, turned his whole body to go, where are the young therapists? Where are the students mm-hmm. here? I want to speak to you. Um I have such love and admiration for him. And I think maybe my hopes somehow are that I, if there's something that I want to bring to the room, it's that sense of being seen and heard. uh, Mm. uh, And for me to be the most congruent therapist that I can Mm. be. And that's why I'm so drawn to him. And he just covers all of that ground for me. He's the mm-hmm. one I dip back into. He's the one, you know, in terms of group therapy. He's just yeah.
0: He's well. He's the he's the kind of. Master. I mean, he, he wrote the sort of the book on group therapy. Do you know? He really did. I mean, he was, yeah. He's incredible. And I think and, so and many
1: with the book, which is you know, it's massive, doorstopper. He still, if you watch the the group therapy work that's on YouTube, he still just says things like "thank you." So much for sharing that part of your story with me, mm. and I know that I am um, as a result of that I feel closer to you. Yeah. I'm sitting here and I feel closer to you now. When you
0: know, when I when I read his stuff, I'm reminded of why I'm a therapist. If that makes sense, you know, it's like a reminder of like this is how I want to work.
1: Yeah, this and this is the how I want team. to
0: meet. Yeah, and
1: also the fact that he has had um, his own client right her reports on the same sessions and then publish them, mm-hmm. you know, where he's being criticised and he's just not precious.
2: No, you know? no. So he's, I he's, really, I could yeah. go on
1: and on forever. Love's like executioners, just always. Oh, been.
0: I was recommending it today to a student therapist we have working with us. I said, read a Love's Executioner and read a particular story. I think it's relevant to what you're dealing with at the moment. Do you know? Yeah,
1: yeah. Do you know, I have such fondness for him.
0: Yeah. Really enjoyed chatting with you. You know, we've been talking for like an hour.
1: Have we? Are we done yeah. now? Yeah. Well, we're not done.
0: Like we can can keep talking for another hour, but you know, the podcast typically. But yeah, like we're we're coming to a close.
1: Yeah, and um I'm really glad you're doing this podcast. Um I
0: yeah.
1: really uh I want people to listen to it. I want people to get interested in therapy and yeah. uh to go. You know, just I think it's go.
0: really important to be able to sit with somebody and just be as real as you can be Yeah. because the, the healing of that is, you know, well, it's immeasurable yeah. really.
1: We're all so capable of just keeping on going, keep trucking on, keeping busy, busy, busy. Mm. And all through COVID, we got everything stopped and so many people were left with themselves without the busyness. Yeah. And um, and all the promises of uh, I'm never going to be that busy again. We won't let the calendar fill up. And here we are. And Mm -hmm. at least with therapy, you have one hour a week where, you know, you're going to stop. You have to show up um, and everything will stop. The phones. um,
0: There's that's it. You know, that we turn off our phone and for that hour. We're with ourselves. And that can be a very uncomfortable prospect for somebody, especially when we've been through a lot and we've learned to defend that and to bottle it and to avoid it. That when it starts to come, it can make us feel really uncomfortable. But that's OK. It's a bit like for me, it's a bit like growing pains. And we we support that process.
1: But also to be with someone who is whose only focus is to sit and be with you and listen to you for an hour. Yeah, because where does that happen? In the it, rest of your
0: it, week. it it doesn't happen and that's why it can be so invaluable and to have somebody and to be able to meet somebody and to have somebody who's going to work really hard to meet yeah. you yeah. you know yeah look we're both we're both therapy nerds we're both you <laughs> know <laughs> there'll be some people listening it's gonna add you he's therapy shmerpy yeah it's
1: i i love it and yeah. and you know if anybody is listening to your podcast and it encourages them to go to therapy then you're doing a great thing right.
0: Well, look. I hope people do listen to it. Uh, listen to this interview as well because it's been really, I don't know. I really love chatting. To you. It's just grown by. It's like you know, I think a good therapy session.
1: We could do like regular episodes, Chris. We could, could
0: have regular. Be your, we could.
1: Dip I mean, your regular guest.
0: I mean, my regular guest. My only guest. It's like <laughs> <laughs> I just have one guest.
1: Have you asked everybody now? and I'm your last.
0: You're my, you're my listeners. going oh, <laughs> Sorry, curse I, 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 I. Oh, here I'll give her a go. See if she'll she lasts. She'll see if she'll answer. See if she'll do the podcast. Yeah. Uh. No. No. I, I. I have to. I kind of got very. Um. I was very good. I think very good. But I like season one, two, and three. I think season one and two, I was fairly on the ball with them. Do you know? Yeah. And I was kind of pushing and trying to really build it. And then season three was nuts because. The first episode happened in the beginning of November. Then my dad died, and then Sorry. and then and then I discover that we're having a baby. And so in that season, I'd lost a, a, my dad and became a dad. So it was like it was so kind of disparate. So I was then saying to myself, for season four, I've got to try and be a bit more regular. Um, <laughs> that's 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 proving to be a challenge. <laughs> Just, well, thank
1: you. I've really enjoyed it
0: it's been brilliant having you on um so the the single is leaves shake leaves shake
1: we're by going to play
0: by the r R-A I rains
1: yeah
0: not r a i n s r a i n e s it is yeah. number 1 in ireland at the moment on the <mumbles> I- irish itunes yeah. number 1 yes um the podcast that you're involved with with those people uh is doing very well i think you said it's reached um, we're just
1: about to hit twenty million. Twenty million, yeah. Like yeah. I, downloads. We, we're up at uh
0: Let's see, one, uh, two, seven, not fifteen. Uh. Uh, it's brilliant uh i love that podcast by the way uh, i it got me through lockdown i have to say i think it got a lot of people through lockdown it was me like too, and i'm really
1: lucky because i get to hear the first edit you know before i we, know we, I... Um, and we don't edit a lot out of it because it kind of is what it is but i'm really lucky that i get to listen to them before anybody and i still really look forward to them and i still laugh and i still feel like i've been picked up from it you know yeah
0: I, i'm it. always fascinated by it like the the I mean, there's some episodes that are really strained out to me, but that I, w- what it is is like an invitation into a conversation. Yeah. That uh, and it's just God, I get to sit here and watch these three people have a banter, but go to so many different places, and then I kind of find myself going, "Did they do so much rehearsal to?"
1: No, not a not a bit. No, they don't that's what- talk about it. They're gone, and they go off, and they do their thing, and they come back and meet. And they're not allowed, even in the kitchen, I was saying this to you, they come in and I'm like, hey, how's it, you know, no, save it for the, and they're down, save it for the podcast, down to the hen house. And then when they come up, we sit and eat and go through the business stuff. But it's very, it is what it is. And, That's
0: brilliant. It's brilliant. You know, they're
1: three very different people. Mm. Um, they each bring something wonderful to it. And my I, I, favorite thing is when they all go after each other, especially when Larita goes after the two lads.
0: I enjoy that tremendously. I, I quite like it when they, when they gang up on either Tommy or Hector. It's quite enjoyable. Uh, yeah. It, it, it's quite pleasant, and it, it just makes me laugh. And I, I, I think what's interesting about that podcast actually is is that it's the the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. If that makes sense, that I think that three of them bring so much to the podcast that it wouldn't be the same if it was just two of them, or, do you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's it's something just, about the dynamic of the
0: three. It's it's the, the energy of the three that I think is and just it's it's great. And um, so we're promoting that podcast on Therapy Talks. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, it's been absolutely brilliant to talking to you. I like genuinely. I I I'm looking. I I just want to get editing this and get it up. You know. So um. If and if you're happy to share it when you when you when, when it goes live, that would be great as well. I
1: absolutely will. Yeah, I will. I'll share it on it. And, um, and congratulations again on your beautiful little tiny man. And I,
0: I will I will show you a picture of him when we stop recording. I'll show it to you on my phone. Uh, he's very oh. cool. He's class. So look, Yvonne. Uh, congratulations on the rain to the rains as well. We're we're going to play this out now. Um, and okay. I'm going to play the the track out now. And I will talk to you all next time. Okay, bye
3: everyone.